Well, I don't know a lot, but I know one thing. Today, you're gonna to change. I don't know if it's gonna be for better or for worse. I don't know if it's gonna be on purpose or by accident on your own or with some help. But I know when you go to bed tonight, you'll be a little different than you were when you got up this morning. So why not make it for the better? Why not uh, let's ask God to be a part of this. Change starts today. And we're looking at a particular character strength today that is really foundational for life. I am speaking to you from a little town called Montecito, California. And I'm doing that because I read online today, there is a quite well-known uh, actress, Gwyneth Paltrow, who lives in Montecito. So if she happens to go walking by while I'm here, just stay cool. Uh, but she's opening up her guest house and having a kind of a raffle where a winner is going to get to spend the weekend with Gwyneth Paltrow and I think her husband. And she says they're going to get gooped. Now, I don't know a lot about this, so I, I'm not recommending, not critiquing at all. Um, just commenting, it kind of shows we have this need for wisdom, uh, a desire to know how do we live well that is inextinguishable. And so Gwyneth Paltrow offers a number of products and um, insight into kind of lifestyle. How do you decide? What do you buy? How do you handle your relationships and spend your time? There's actually a podcast called Goop. And again, I've not heard it, but it features, uh, she says, thought leaders, culture changers, and industry disruptors. Always, we want to know, where can we turn to gain wisdom? I'm actually on the campus of a liberal arts college in Montecito. I don't have permission, so if I get kicked off, I'll have to stop, so I won't mention any names. But that's another place where historically, traditionally, people have tended to go. Historically, education was thought to be mainly about wisdom. You might know that the word philosophy comes from uh, love, phileo, and then Sophia was the Greek word, sophos, the Greek word for wisdom. It was to be a lover of wisdom. And in our day, uh, often the task of education has gotten separated from the task of giving someone wisdom to know how do you live well. And part of what I think is encouraging about the movement of positive psychology and the character strengths that we're studying together is a reawakening, a new kind of openness to that in academic settings. At the University of Chicago, there is actually a center for practical reason. Now, practical reason was the old word for wisdom. And if Nancy was here, she would say if somebody was truly wise, they would not be living in Chicago or setting up a university there. But Nancy is not here, so she doesn't get to say that. In the Bible, you might know there's a uh, invitation in James in the first chapter where God says, if anybody lacks wisdom, uh, James says, if anybody lacks wisdom, let them ask of God. Now, who lacks wisdom? Well, ironically, uh, it takes wisdom to know, to be self-aware and to know whether or not I am a wise person. So if I lack wisdom, I probably don't know that I actually lack wisdom. So uh, if you think to yourself that you don't lack wisdom, you're probably somebody who needs it. And if you do have it, there's always the hunger for more because we can never get enough. And we are often quite blind to our um, uh, unwise uh, decisions or way of living. I think, for example, 
many years ago when I was working at a church and we had been involved in a search process and we hired, I hired somebody and it didn't really work out well. And I heard afterwards, one of the people who had been on a search team that was assisting in that process was asked about how did you end up hiring this person? And her comment was, well, uh, we were looking at a number of folks, but John just made up his mind. And from that point on, we weren't really able to speak into it. And when I heard that, my initial response was to be quite defensive and to try to explain why that was not the case. But then when I stepped back, I realized, nope, that was exactly right. That is exactly what happened. And it did not serve the process well. And really my own emotions, and even more than that, kind of my own ego. Who do I think uh, might know and like me and what I have done already is what guided my thinking more than anything else. And it was not wise. And there are other people who tend to bring much better skill sets to that process of hiring somebody than I do. So the question today is, what decision do you face? What choice do you need to make? Where do you require wisdom? Because you don't want to mess up. Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe it's somebody that you're dating. Maybe you're a parent and you're trying to not mess things up with your children. Maybe it's with your finances. Maybe it's in your work. There is one category above all in the, uh, in the 90th Psalm. And, and by the way, certain books in the Old Testament are what's known as wisdom literature. Because again, there's just this ancient need for wisdom, and that was understood to be part of education. So the book of Proverbs, Tim Keller says that Proverbs are many guides to life. Or the book of Ecclesiastes. The first psalm is an example of wisdom literature. And we have this from the 90th Psalm. I think it's verse 12. And the prayer is, God, teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Above all, when we think about our need for wisdom, for a good decision, it comes back to time. Number our days. This moment right here. And the invitation today is, whatever else is going on, each time you think about it, just pause and recognize, now this moment is a gift from God that I get to steward for which I will be accountable because if God is truly just, then each one of us um, will be responsible to God for how did we steward our lives? What kind of decisions did we make? How did we treat other people? What did we fill our minds with? And mostly that's around time. So this is from the book, The Cloud of Unknowing. The writer says, take good care of your time. Just pause there. Who among us doesn't need to hear that over and over? Watch how you spend time, for nothing is more precious. In the twinkling of an eye, heaven can be won or lost. Here's how we know time is precious. God, the giver of time, never gives us two moments simultaneously. Instead, he gives them to us one after another after another. Here's one, here's one, here's one. We never get the future. We only get the present moment. God does this to establish order in his creation, to keep cause and effect in place. Time is made for us. We're not made for time. God is the ruler of nature, but his gift of time has no strings attached. 
It never determines our own nature and natural impulses. Instead, each of these exactly corresponds to one atom of time. That way, none of us will have an excuse on Judgment Day when we go before God to give an account for how did I spend my time. And then the writer goes on, I can hear you complaining. What am I supposed to do then? I know you're right, but how can I give an itemized account of each moment? I'm 24 already. Cloud of Unknowing apparently was written to a 20-something reader. I never noticed time before. Your argument has convinced me. There's no way I can go back in time and change things. Time doesn't work that way, nor does ordinary grace. I can't go back in time and make amends. I'm also well aware that because I'm weak and slow about something spiritually, I can do no more, I can no more control the time to come than I did the time past. At best, at best, I'll manage maybe one out of a hundred impulses well. So tell me what to do. Help me now for the love of Jesus. And then the answer, it is good that you said for the love of Jesus. For in the love of Jesus, you'll find your help. Love is so powerful that it shares everything. So love Jesus and everything he has will be yours. And if you feel like you're batting about 1%, I have 100 impulses, one of my manage well. I have 100 moments, one of my manage well. Just know you are in very good company. And God sends the gift of his time um, in little one-moment units. And here it is right now. It's an interesting thing. I mentioned the uh, Center for Practical Reason at the U of Chicago. Lots of studies about wisdom in our day. And uh, we tend to associate with wisdom with age. One of the interesting and sobering findings is that there was not a correlation between a self-report of wisdom or between the exercise of wisdom and wisdom-related tasks and how old somebody is. The mere passage of time by itself does not bring wisdom. But it can come. And the, the primary need is an open non-defensive, coachable, interested, curious spirit. So, the question for today, each moment that it occurs to you, God, what can we do in this moment together? Can I help somebody? Can I learn something? Can I thank you? Can I worship? Can I ask? Can I rest? Can I enjoy? Can I confront? Teach us to number our days. Help me to number this moment. God, what shall we do? You can grow in wisdom. Change starts today. No, Gwyneth. Hey, it's Tim. I'm the producer here at Become New. I wanted to let you know if you'd like more resources or teaching from John, you can find it at our website, becomenew.com. Also, if you'd like to receive a text alert or the daily email that goes along with each video, let us know at becomenew.com slash subscribe. Lastly, if you need prayer, we'd love to pray for you. There's a group of us who meet each weekday, Monday through Friday, to pray over requests that are sent in from listeners. And so you can text us your prayer requests at the number 855-888-0444. We'll catch you next time.